Amen. You got to know that things are better because you are here. Amen. Not that it's worse because you're here, but it's better because you're here. Amen. Amen. So we're excited about that. A uh, couple things real quick I just want to announce. How many people on the Saturday prayer yesterday? Man, what an awesome prayer yesterday. Amen. Some good stuff happened in that prayer. And again, we want to continue to encourage you. Uh, hopefully you got the text that I have sent out reminding you about the prayer. Uh, and again, prayer is so important. It's so critical to what we do uh, as believers. Amen. Uh, I always say that once our ability maxes out in order to activate God's ability, prayer is that middle piece. Amen. So when we begin to pray and seek the face of the Lord, God does something awesome and God does something amazing. Amen. Amen. So look at somebody and say, pray, 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 pray. All right. That's, that's so important. In your personal life, pray as a church. We want to make sure that we are in prayer because prayer makes it happen. All right. Kevin, prayer, prayer, prayer. All right. All right. Good. Keep on praying, brother. Keep on praying. You're going to get a text? All right. I'm, I'm going to see me at the church. I'll make sure I put you on that list. All right. All right. No, no you're supposed to be saved, brother. You're no sinner. You're supposed to be saved. All right. Good. Uh, if you have not yet had the opportunity to go through the growth track, uh, Please make sure that you stop by the hub table and see to Chris on your way out. This is how we keep people connected and growing, amen, and making sure that you discover your purpose. And after you go to a growth track, you should know if you saved or not. I'm, I'm hoping that after, okay, good, good, good. So we want to make sure that you go to the growth track and you discover what God has called you to do, right, and what your assignment is. And this is how you stay connected and know what your purpose is in the kingdom of God, amen. So we're about making sure that uh, people understand that and uh, we're passionate about helping people get to their next, what God has called them to do next, right? I always get excited when I hear plans that God puts on people's heart. Rashawn and I was talking before service. He said, Pastor, I got some big plans. I'm like, I love to hear that. You know, that I got some big plans that God put upon his heart and we want to do everything we can to help our brothers and sisters fulfill those plans. Amen? Give them the necessary tools to make it happen. So we're excited about that. So keep those things in mind. Um, and also, we're going to be making some, some exciting announcements in the coming weeks, of some adjustments and some changes we're going to be making for the better. Somebody say for the better. For the better. For the better. So just keep your ears open and peeled, all right, and keep things in prayer, all right? I want you this week, can you pray for RCC every day this week? Can you say a prayer? All right, you, you don't have to get into a travail. If, if you want to, go ahead. But, you know, just say a prayer for, for us this week and uh, believe in God that the floodgates are going to be open. Amen? Amen? And the harvest is going to be. And everyone that the enemy has placed a blindness over, that blindness is going to be removed. Amen? That they may come and get connected to their destiny and their purpose. Amen? And so last week we started something really awesome. We started a series, a mini-series, I say, uh, called Let's Grow Together. And we talked about growth. How many people want to grow? You want to grow. Uh, and I love that little small piece at the bottom. It says you don't have to do it alone. So we try to make sure that when we talk about growth that you're not having to grow alone. Amen. You don't want to grow alone. The other portion is that when you, uh, if you've ever looked at how trees grow, there is space that is needed between trees in order to allow them to grow. So if you ever planted any plants, you can't plant them right next to each other, right? Anybody ever planted anything before? There needs to be space between the planting, amen? And so there are seasons that when you're growing, it may feel lonely, but God never leaves you by yourself during your growing times. 
Amen. That, did you get that? Amen. So, so, so ha- you need space to grow, space to grow. So we're going to dig in a little bit on this grow thing. It's going to be a blessing to you. Ephesians 4, 15 through 16, um, we had read this last week, and I love this, this open part, this opening part, no prolonged emphases, right? No prolonged emphases. That means that there, God does not want you remaining a baby Christian forever, right? There ought to be some growth in your Christianity, right? He doesn't want you staying a baby Christian forever. He says no prolonged. There, ought to, there are seasons when you, you are a baby, right? But you're not supposed to stay a baby, right? Things just start changing. So uh, I was talking to my little man I know today, and his first tooth is about to fall out. And we had that conversation and uh, said, man, you're, you're, you're getting big now because you're losing your baby teeth to make room for your adult teeth that are coming in. Right? So things begin to change. Something ought to drop off of you <laughs> as you grow. Come on, fall out. Yeah, just let it fall out. Right? Something ought to change as you're growing, right? It shouldn't be the same stuff. You shouldn't be, I mean, imagine a grown man. If I walked in here with my pacifier in my mouth, and I'm like, this is the first pacifier my mama ever gave. <laughs> you know, that I wouldn't be married, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I wouldn't be married, right? Because so that pa- there's things that you ought to drop off, the things that shouldn't be the same. Your conversation shouldn't be the same as you grow in God. Amen? It makes sense to you? Right? No prolonged emphases, emphases among us. Please, we'll not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are easy, a mark of impostors. I love this part. God wants us to grow up. <laughs> God wants us to grow up, right? Not sideways, not left. He wants you to grow up because as you grow up, you get closer to him. Amen. So is it God's will for you to grow? He says in Ephesians 4 and 15, God wants you to grow up. That is the will of God for your life, to grow. He does not want you to stay stagnant. He does not want you to stay um the same place this year as you was last year. God wants you to grow up, right? And I love that last part that I highlighted, grow up healthy in God. So he doesn't just want you to grow, but he wants you to grow healthy, right? Some people are growing unhealthy, right? They allow poison and they, they allow people to put the wrong thing in them and they're not healthy growing, right? And if you ever see a tree that's not growing healthy, that tree has to be what? Pruned. Right? You got to pick off the dead leaves and the weeds. I have this awesome bush in front of my house, but every now and then there's vines that grow within the bush, and it literally smothers the life out of it. And I have to go and pull those vines out so that tree can breathe and grow. Right? And sometimes the enemy, here's the thing about it. It doesn't start off where it's always visible, right? And it's the same color as the tree, but it's not the tree. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. But it's not the tree. And so you have to be careful with things the enemy allows to come into or put into your life that may look green, but it's not the tree. Right? The Bible talks about, you know, wolves in sheep clothing. Right? So you have to be careful because the enemy will send things your way so you won't grow up healthy. So you'll be discouraged. So you'll be upset. So you won't come to who God has called you to be. Amen? So does God want you to grow? Yes, he does. Where at? Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 says, it is God's will. What? God wants you to grow up. 
and to grow up how? Healthy. Somebody say healthy. Look at this right there. We wrote this last week. If you don't have it, write it again. That your spiritual growth should be a top priority in your life. Your spiritual growth should be a top priority in your life. Right? Nothing else should matter more than your spiritual growth. And why is that? Because according to John 15 and 5, that he says, Jesus said, I am divine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears what? Much abundant fruit. Right? Live in me and I live in you. And then he says, apart from me, this is why it's important for you to grow. He says, because apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. I mean, that sums it up very well. I mean, nothing means nothing. How much of nothing is nothing, right? Zero. There's there's nothing you can do. And he's very clear. He says, outside of me, you can do nothing. So he said, it's important that your spiritual growth is a priority because apart from me, you can do nothing. That means that your job is not more important than your spiritual growth. Your new home is not more important than your spiritual growth. Your natural family is not more important than your spiritual growth. Nothing is more important than your spiritual growth. Right? Because my growth in God helps me be an effective father. Helps me be in a better employee or employer. Are you understanding? Helps me become a better citizen. So when I'm growing in God, everything about me grows. Everything about me grows. Somebody say, I'm growing. Look at the scripture in Acts 17 and 28. And we saw this last week, and I want to jump into something a little bit new in a minute. But it says, for in him we live, we move, and we what? Are. Right? You live in Christ, you move in Christ until you just are. Right? There's no separation between you and Christ. Jesus, the anointed one. Christ, the anointed one. Christ was not Jesus' last name. <laughs> right? But he was called, and he shall be called Jesus. Right? The anointed one, the Christ. So watch this. His, his humanity and his assignment that God gave him became one until he just was. You didn't separate him on his Sunday him from his Monday him. You hear me say that all the time, right? You live, move, and you just are. It gets to a point where you grow in God and you just are a Christian, <laughs> right? You're not trying to be a Christian. You just are a Christian. You're not trying to be saved. You just are saved. You're not trying to live holy. You just are. Come on, you hear me? Holy. I, I, I'm not trying to do the will of God. I just I am doing the will of God. So there ought to be a level of growth in you where you move from just, I'm trying to, I just, I I am. I am. I'm I'm being everything that God called me to be, right? And no matter what day it is, so we want to get you from living to moving to are. Your whole life live. You live in Christ. means that there's nothing that involves you that lives outside of him. Man, think about that. What part of your life is living outside of Christ? Write that down. Ask yourself that question. What part of me is living outside of Christ? What part of me is living outside of Christ? That's the part that the Holy Spirit has to pull in and you have to live inside of Christ. Live inside of him. There's some areas the enemy wants to live (laughs) what you live outside, right? Leave that part of you outside. You don't need to do all that. You don't have to submit that to Christ. You have your own plans of what you want to do in life. No, he says, I live, I move, and I am everything that Christ has called me to be. We believe that there are four things. We said this last week that, that will help uh, uh, 
four things that will help you grow in God. And we spoke to these four things were that you know God, you find freedom, discover purpose, and what? Make a difference. That's what God called us, this church, to do, to help people do these four things. And we're going to be doing these things with such aggression that you're going to be sleeping and saying these four things in your sleep when we get done. You're going to wake up saying these four things in your, and you'll wake up in the morning and before you ask for coffee, you're going to be like, no, God, fire freedom is going to make, make a difference. That's just going to be in you, right? We're, gonna, we're just going to just drive it down. And that's what we exist to do as a church. And, again, this is that progression that as you know God, you, you know, there's some things about yesterday that we're still, we're still tied to. We need, we need some freedom from things, right? The word deliverance is not a bad word, right? There's some things we need to be delivered from. Now, when we say you need to be delivered. We're not saying that you are demon-possessed because Christians cannot be demon-possessed. I'm going to say it again. Christians cannot be demon-possessed. But when you need deliverance, that means that there's some part of you that is still struggling with a sin nature. Does that make sense to you? It's still struggling with that sin nature that was there before you got saved. But now that you're saved, you have the power to overcome that sin nature and find freedom. That makes sense to you. Come on. And so, so we deal with that when we talk about finding freedom and discovering purpose. You know, doing what God birthed you to do. Doing what God, what you were born to do. When I'm up here preaching, I know that I am doing what God birthed me to do. I, I, I love ministering to the people of God. Some people will say, I would never do it in a million years. I love doing what I love doing what I do, right? Uh, it's my purpose, right? And then making a difference. Every believer of God should be making a difference. There ought to be something about you that makes a difference. How many people want to make a difference in somebody else's life other than yours? Right? It's great, but other than yours. I want to look at this scripture real quick. We're almost there. Luke 15 and 7. It says, well, in the same way, and we talked about that this is awesome, and this is going to become our theme scripture for the rest of the year. Our theme scripture for the rest of the year. Well, in the same way, heaven will be happier. How do we make heaven happy? How many people want to make heaven happy? This is how we make heaven happy. Over one lost sinner who returns. One lost sinner. So he says, hey, I don't get, he says, I, I love you, but I'm not happy when you're jumping and shouting. I'm not happy when you're running around in church. I'm not happy when you're talking about I got this new thing or that new thing. He said, what makes me happy is when one lost sinner returns to God. And the church has not become focused on the, un, on, on the loss. He says to God, then over 99 others who haven't strayed away. So we focus on the 99, not straying, and we haven't gone after the one who hasn't returned. And God says, this is going to be a church that goes after the one instead of trying to manage and keep happy the 99. Right? And if everybody focuses, and I preached this last year, if everybody focuses on your one, Right? Who's your one that God has called you to win to the Christ? Who's your one that God has called you to bring into Rock City Church? Focus on that one. And the reason why I want you to focus on that one, because watch this. God loves his found children, but he's always thinking about his lost ones. I want you to take a picture, write that down, because this is a powerful statement. God loves his found children, but he's always thinking about his lost one. I mean, if I was somewhere outside and I lost Noah, and then Uriah comes to me and says, Dad, I'm hungry. I don't want to hear that he's hungry. I'm trying to find my one lost one that I can't find. Does that make sense to you? Right? And that's how we are with God. We're selfish at times because we're telling God, Daddy, I, I, I need some new this. And he's saying, I got lost children I'm thinking about right now. 
You're worried about the new. He says, hey, I took care of the new because if you seek first the kingdom, everything else will be added. What is seeking the kingdom? Bringing lost people in. Bringing lost people in. This room should be jam-packed because you're bringing lost people in. Not, well, I only know four people. Find five, find eight, find nine. And if you bring one in, but you have to have the same passion that God has. God loves his found children, but he's always thinking about his lost ones. And guess what? If he's thinking about it, I have to be thinking about it. If he's thinking about the loss, I have to be thinking about the loss. If he's obsessed with the loss, I have to be obsessed with the loss. If he's always wondering how to reach the loss, I have to think about how to reach the loss. He loves his found ones, but he's always thinking about his lost ones. And so as a church, guess what? We love our found ones, but there's so many lost ones. Are y'all hearing me here today? We have to be passionate as a church to think about the lost ones. We have to put a strategy together to reach the lost ones. We have to go after the lost ones. They're not just going to roll up into the church. Come on. They're not just going to walk inside the building. We have to put something together to go after what God is thinking about. And he's thinking about his lost ones. But you write this down, that you don't have to reach the whole world, but you do need to reach your world. Right? I'm not asking everybody to reach the whole world. That's not your job. But I am asking you to reach your world because there's somebody in your world that doesn't know Jesus. Come on, am I, am I making sense to you here, somebody? There's somebody who in your world doesn't know Jesus. Who has God called you to be a witness to? Who has God told you to plant a seed of niceness and kindness into their heart? I'm not asking as a pastor for you to reach the whole world. We'll do that together as a church. But I'm asking you individually to reach your world. Sometimes we say, well, I, you know, we don't do anything because we're so, we got to reach the whole world for Jesus. No, I'm going to take that weight off your shoulder. I'm asking you to reach your world for Jesus. Let the Ruach City Church as a whole and all, everything I've done, let, let, let them worry about, let us worry about the world. You worry about your world. And I'm asking you today, who in your world can you reach? Who in your world is on God's mind? Who in your world is on God's mind? Are you hearing me here? Well, I ask them every week. Ask them every other week again. Right? I got a neighbor. I'm always inviting them to church all the time. Well, I'm going to, well, you need to come to church. I'm always having a conversation. Guess what? I just keep planting, and God will, God, God will do the rest. I just keep planting, right, trying to reach everybody in my world. My world. You don't have to reach the whole world, but you do need to reach your world. And this is scripture. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse 38. He said this. I love the scripture. He says, the man who had uh, been demon-possessed begged to go too. This man had just got free. He was bound by demons and devils. And guess what? Jesus freed him. And what would he naturally want to do? He wanted to follow Jesus. Not just in heart, but he wanted to physically go where Jesus was. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would want to do that. Right? He said, I've been bound all these years. Man, you came and set me free. I just want to be where you are. But Jesus did something. Jesus said, no. Man, that sounds hard. That sounds cruel. But Jesus said, I don't want you to follow me. What do I want you to do? I want you to go back to your world. Go back to your family, he told him. And you tell them what wonderful things God has done for you. So he went all through the city. He said, go back to your family. But this man said, my family ain't big enough for this testimony. He went past his family. Are you hearing me? He said, I know you told me to go to the family, but I ran out of family members, so now I'm going to the city. 
Well, I don't have a big family, Pastor. Well, go to the city like this man did. This was a demon-possessed man, not a man who knew great theology, but a man who had an experience with God. God's not asking you to spread theology. He's asking you to share your testimony. He's asking you to tell somebody how good he is and what he has done and how he has saved you and how he has washed you. Hey, uh, my family's not here. They live in another state. Well, find you a city. Man, what an awesome thing. He's, he wants to follow Jesus, and Jesus says, no, you're better off going and telling your testimony. This man runs out of family, ends up going through the whole city, telling everyone about Jesus and the miracle that had happened. How many people have a testimony to tell somebody about Jesus? Because you're not responsible to reach the world. Jesus wanted him to reach his world. You understand what I'm telling you? Today, I want you to leave here so fired up to reach your world. I want you to leave with such boldness to reach your world. There was another story in the book of John 4 and 27. It says, uh, just then his disciples arrived. This is when Jesus was sitting at the well talking to a woman that uh, probably he should not have been having a conversation with according to Jewish law. But Jesus sent all his disciples away, away to have a conversation with this one woman who had been with many men, had many situations, had uh, issues with her yesterday, did not have any freedom. But here comes Jesus, Rashawn, to give her freedom. And here comes, he has this great conversation with her. Read it when you get home, the prior verses of verse 27. Awesome dialogue, an exchange of cups. He comes to the water. She said, how did you come here to drink from a well and you didn't even bring a cup? He said, you don't realize you are my cup. <laughs> I'm going to drink what you have because that's my bitter cup. And I'm going to give you what I have, which is the well of life. What a great exchange. Man, that's a revelation by itself. Uh, he said, verse 27, just then the disciples arrived. They were surprised to find him talking to a woman. But none of them asked him why or what they had been discussing. Jesus was gangster. They saw him doing something, but they were too scared to ask him why he was doing it. He's talking to a woman, but I'm scared to ask him why he's talking to a woman. Right then it said, the Bible said, then the woman left her water pot uh, beside the well, and she went back to the village. And what did she do? She told everyone in her world, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Messiah? Watch this, verse 30. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. How do we get a stream of people into this door? When you start doing what this woman did, you start telling people what Jesus did for you. You start doing what that demon-possessed man did that got free. He started telling everybody in his family first and then in his city what Jesus did for him. He says, you do the testifying, I'll do the drawing. You do the testifying, I'll do the draw. You tell it, I'll draw them. We have the easy part. We just testify, and he draws. Reach your world. You don't have to reach the world, but he's asking you to reach your world. Last scripture I want to do this. We're going to pray. He said this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and 3. He says, long to grow. Long to grow. Long to grow up into the fullness of your salvation. Cry for this as a baby cries for milk. Man, that's a strong statement. Desire to grow like a baby desires milk. Have you ever heard a baby cry for milk? 
Have you ever heard a newborn? Sean said amen back there. Have you, ever, have you ever, you know, when you bring a baby home, man, the baby, when they cry for milk, man, it's, it's a tense cry. It's a tense cry. When they want milk, they want it now. And then they get mad when you don't give it to them fast enough. And they start turning red. And their mouth starts going, you know, it starts vibrating at the bottom because they're so angry that you didn't give them their milk, right? Long to grow. Long to grow. And I want to leave you with that uh, as Rob comes up. Long to grow. Long to grow. Don't be comfortable where you are. Every week you hear me get up here with all this passion because I long to grow. As a pastor, I long to grow. As the church, I want the church. I long to grow as hard as what? As a baby cries for milk. What has God called you to do? Here it is, and I want to leave you with this awesome statement, and I want you to remember that if you don't remember anything else, you don't have to reach the whole world, but you do need to reach your world. And this week, I want you to focus on that statement because uh, so many people are doing them. <laughs> if they weren't, man, this room would be jam-packed. But so many people are doing them, and they're not reaching their world for Jesus. And I'm asking you to feel the burden and feel the burn to reach your world for Jesus, to tell somebody about how good he is. Because when you talk about Jesus, they'll want to follow you. They'll want to see who this Jesus is. You don't have to reach the whole world, but you do need to reach your world. Because while he loves his found children, he's always thinking about his lost children. I want you to put your Bibles down and stand to your feet. Man, to me, the ultimate growth was when these disciples or when these people who had got healed, and I love it because watch this, and this is powerful. We know this story, Pastor Rick, as the man that was demon-possessed and the woman at the world. We don't even know their names. And so many times in this day and age, we're trying to get everybody to know our names. Do you know who I am? Do you know what my name is? And Jesus is not concerned about your name because he's trying to lift up his name. There's no power in your name. There's power in his name. There's no salvation in your name. There's salvation in his name. There's no healing in your name. There's healing in his name. So stop worrying about your name and lift up his name. Come on, lift up his name. We're here to praise his name. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The woman at the well. We don't even know who this woman was. We don't know what her name was. But yet she was special enough to make it into the Bible. Think about that. We don't know who she was, but she made it to the Bible. Her story was big enough for Jesus to touch the heart and the mind of the author to tell that story. What a privilege. Then there are people who we know their names, but their story will never be told because it never moved the heart of Jesus. 
It's not about my name. It's not about your name. It's about the name that is above every name. That every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How many people want to lift up his name today? Come on, how many people want to lift up his name today and praise his name and glorify his name? Come on, let's just worship for a moment. Come on, lift up those hands in this worship. Come on. I'm singing out your love I'm giving you everything. Come on. You make my soul alive. You put your love. Come on, worship him today. I'm singing out your lovely name. The I'm only name that matters, everything. the name of Jesus. You make my soul alive. The only alive. name that matters. You put your love. The inside. only name that matters. There's nothing that I have needed. Long to grow up. There's nothing him. you haven't done. The only name you that matters. My soul alive. You put the only your name love that inside. There's nothing that the I have The only name that done. matters. There's nothing you haven't done. Thank you, Jesus. You make my soul Jesus. alive. You put Jesus. your love inside. And I made up my mind. I'm never going back. I'm never going back. If you call me your Come on, worship him for a minute. Come on, worship him for a minute. I've made up my mind. I'm never going back. I'm never going back. You call me your own. I'm never. Nothing that I have needed. There's nothing that I have need of. There's nothing you haven't done. You make my soul alive. Thank you, Jesus. You put your love inside. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing that I have need Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing you haven't done. Thank you, Jesus. You make my soul alive. You put your love. Today. 
We praise your name for everything that you've done. We glorify you for your faithfulness. Thank you that it is your desire that we grow. You want us to grow. Today, give us a desire to grow and not to stay still, but to grow. Father, we just give you thanks.